Hi, and welcome to the Frugal Debt-Free Life podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Sin. And eight years ago, my family and I became debt-free. And I like to talk about the ins and outs and the ups and downs of managing your personal finances because money much like life, is messy, and life rarely fits inside of a cash envelope. So if you're ready to have an honest, non-judgmental discussion about personal finances, then you have come to the right place. Today, we're going to be talking about medical debt, negotiating medical debt, how to save money on medical treatments. And for my listeners outside the U.S., this always comes at a shock but this is a reality that many Americans are dealing with, that healthcare can potentially bankrupt you. And so we're going to talk about that today. But first, I wanted to tell you about Rebates Me. So Rebates Me is a cashback website where you can earn money for every online purchase you make. There are currently 4,000 retailers and it's really easy to do. You just shop through Rebates Me and you get cash back on your purchases, deals, discounts, promo codes. And right now, Rebates Me is currently offering a $25 cash back bonus just for signing up. It's free, it's super easy, and you can even earn double cash back at select stores. These change every day, so be sure to check out rebates me and I will leave a link in the show notes. Okay, so let's talk about medical debt, saving money on medical treatments. And this is not a fun or sexy topic. It's actually a little sad, but avoiding sad topics doesn't help anyone. And so I wanted to talk to you about a few things that you can do and a few changes if you're an American that you might see coming. So A few years ago, one of our sons needed an echocardiogram and we got to the hospital and they told us how much it was going to be. And it was almost like the floor opened up beneath us. We had the money to pay for it, but it was so much. And it, (laughs) I understand the hospital needs to get paid, but it felt tacky that I'm sitting there with my baby in my lap. He could potentially have a life-threatening heart problem. He didn't. It was fine. It's just a slight murmur. But you're asking me for money in this highly tense situation that I'm in. And again, I understand the hospital needs to get paid and it wasn't the fault of the employee. It was just a crappy policy, you know? And so I did take question. I did question, take into question how expensive the procedure was. And they said, you know what? it's fine. Go ahead and go about your procedure and then give us a call. And they gave me a number to call. And I learned from that moment to call ahead of time and see how much things are going to be. It's really easy for you to just call the billing office at your doctor's office or the hospital. You can even call your insurance company directly and see how much you're usually charged for these fees, how much the insurance pays, what your portion of it's going to be. Insurance is needlessly confusing. And I am entering this conversation assuming that you have health insurance, which really is not a fair assumption to make. You may have traditional insurance. You may do a medical sharing. You may be 
uninsured or underinsured. I don't know what everyone's situation is. But to negotiate down a price before it begins, you get in touch with the hospital's billing department and they will give you an estimate of how much the procedure will cost. Then call your insurance company and get an estimate of what they plan to cover. Once you know what it is you're dealing with, you can call the hospital again. Yes, you have to make multiple phone calls. And I'm sorry for that if you're like me and you hate talking on the phone. But you can have an honest discussion with the hospital's billing department to let them know what exactly you can afford. And they'll give you some options. The hospital may recommend a payment plan. And sometimes these are interest-free, and that's not a bad option. And then also ask what sort of discount they offer if you pay it all at one time. So for example, this is kind of a sad story, but when my oldest son was born, I was a full-time employee. I had a job. I had company-sponsored insurance, and that company-sponsored insurance was garbage, always joke that it was basically two Flintstones vitamins and a Band-Aid. We got a bill for $11,000 when he was born. We knew we were going to get a high bill, and I had the luxury of time, right? I had nine months of cooking this kid, and so I could save money that entire time. Well, when he was born and I got the bill, I actually called and said, can you offer me a discount for paying it all at one time? And I got a 20% discount off the birth of my baby. I say that's sad because what a terrible position for someone to have to be in at a particularly vulnerable time in their life. But like I said, I had the luxury of... 30 some odd weeks between finding out I was pregnant and having him to save up that money. Okay, you can also shop around. So sometimes it's just easier to go to the hospital that's affiliated with your doctor and just get it out of the way. But sometimes you need to actually shop around for procedures. And there's some medical companies like we have Blue Cross Blue Shield. They have a cost comparison tool. I know United Healthcare has a cost comparison tool. So see if that's something that your insurance company offers. If you do a medical sharing, like Samaritan Ministries, you know these organizations where you pay out of pocket and they reimburse you, they may have some comparison tools as well. But if not, there are some third-party websites like Healthcare Blue Book and GoodRx that have free tools that show you a comparison between medical providers. So if you go to fairhealthconsumer.org, you may hear some clicking because I'm actually going to look at it while I'm talking to you. They have a big green button at the top. It's got a little like medical cross on it and it says medical and hospital costs. And when you click on it, you can choose from a list of options, stay in network, go out of network, not sure, and uninsured. You put in your zip code, you put in the procedure you want to have done. If you have the medical code, you can put that in. But if not, for example, I just searched mammogram and it's giving me the out of network uninsured price and the in network price at the various hospitals. So If I go to the hospital closest to me, the out-of-network uninsured price is $109 and the in-network price is $56. 
This gives you some information you need if you need to call and shop around, but also if you need to negotiate down a price. It's also really, really important for you to know what your insurance covers and what it doesn't. And insurance is needlessly confusing. And I don't understand it, to be quite honest with you. What exactly is insurance paying for? So we pay a premium, a copay, a deductible, and then we always get a bill. So I'm really, really frustrated constantly with dealing with insurance. And I never know what are you paying for? What what are we doing here? Always get an itemized bill and always check for errors. Human errors happen. Medical staff is, you know, overworked. There aren't enough people to go around. We see more and more errors. So always ask for an itemized bill. And then you're going to want to look for some common bill errors like inaccurate reimbursement from your insurance company or putting in the incorrect codes. This happened to us one time. We had a well child visit that wasn't inputted correctly and we ended up getting billed for it it was very odd it was higher than like our normal just if my kid had a sinus infection and needed to go to the doctor so we had to get that dealt with sometimes they'll do a double billing sometimes you will go and they'll say we're not sure what your copay is right now so we'll just bill you and then that's where errors can occur Sometimes there's incorrect patient or provider information. And so just go through line by line of these bills and see what it is, if there are any errors that have occurred. Also, there are some payment assistant programs. So ask your hospitals or the labs or whoever it is you're dealing with if they have any financial assistance, if there are any charitable organizations that will help. Do not be afraid to ask for help. Do not be ashamed to ask for help. That's why it exists. Like I mentioned a few points back, hospitals often have interest-free payment programs, so that is a good option as well. So I want to talk about some changes that the U.S. government is trying to make in regards to how medical information or medical collections is dealt with. Okay, the first bit of information is kind of exciting, I think. Sad that it's needed, but excited that something is finally happening about it, and it is no more surprise medical bills. So late last year, a ban on surprise medical bills started. It's called the No Surprise Act, and it it is a bipartisan bill. Bipartisan. I know I'm just as shocked as you are that we see politicians working together, but it established a new federal protection against surprise medical bills. So a surprise bill means extra charges from a provider that you did not choose, i.e. an emergency situation. So if you are traveling down the interstate and you get in a wreck and you were taken to the emergency room and it is out of network, you cannot be charged more than your in-network services. So here's what CMS.gov says. Currently, if consumers have health coverage and get care from an out-of-network provider, their health plan won't usually cover the entire out-of-network cost. This could leave them with higher costs than if they had been seen by an in-network provider. This is especially common in an emergency situation where consumers might not be able to choose the provider. Even if a consumer goes to an in-network hospital, they might get care from an out-of-network provider at that facility. 
That whole concept of getting out-of-network care from an in-network hospital always infuriates me. Hospitals need to be far more transparent about that and also maybe stop allowing that to happen. I don't know. You are still going to be responsible for your deductibles and your co-pays, and it does not prevent ambulance companies from billing you, but it does protect consumers from surprise bills from air ambulances, because air ambulances, a helicopter that comes and picks you up if you have a bad accident, those cost tens of thousands of dollars. The law does not apply to your regular in-network doctors and hospitals. It does not apply to medical sharing programs, and it does not apply to an out-of-network doctor you chose to visit. So if you chose to go get surgery from someone who is out-of-network, It's not going to cover that, but it will cover any surprises. Another thing the White House announced in April, and this isn't anything that it has passed yet, but it was announced in April, a plan to curb medical debt. So medical debt is the most prominent debt in collections right now. In total, $88 billion in medical debt has gone into collections. And one of the big debts that we paid off when we were getting out of $36,000 in debt was medical debt due to a car wreck that I was in. Another driver was texting and driving and hit me. But if you're in a wreck, there is always a gap in who wants to pay for your medical treatment, and it was a mess, and I was pregnant at the time. But we ended up getting a bill for $16,000, and we just could not pay it. And so that was part of our debt situation. But one part of the plan is not allowing medical debt to be a part of a person's credit report, so you won't go into collections. I mean, you will go into collections, but it won't negatively impact your credit which I think is great. (laughs) Also, it will begin, the White House announced that there's going to be a program to begin gathering data and making it public, exposing healthcare providers who use aggressive billing tactics. So here is what the White House briefing said. It said, hold medical debt providers and debt collectors accountable for harmful practices Reduce the role that medical debt plays in determining whether Americans can access credit, which will open up new opportunities for people with medical debt to buy a home or get a small business loan. Help over half a million low-income American veterans get their medical debt forgiven and inform consumers of their overall rights. Another announcement is some changes to health savings accounts. So I am a big proponent of health savings accounts and flex savings accounts. These are programs that allow you to put money aside pre-tax to pay for medical expenses. So it lowers your taxable income and then you can use that money to pay for co-pays, medications. My kids got glasses recently, the dentist, all sorts of things. So an FSA is usually made available through an employer. That's what we have. And an HSA is for people with high deductible insurance. So the IRS announced that HSA contribution limits, so not FSA, just the HSA, will go up from $36.50 a year to $38.50 a year. 
Now, I know that doesn't seem like a big deal, you know, whoa, $200 a year, but that $200 a year can mean the difference between getting prescriptions paid pre-tax and not. So $200 is nothing to sneeze at. Um, So be prepared for that in 2023. Okay, that is it. I hope this information has been helpful to you and not super, super boring. Talking about this can kind of make my eyes glaze over, but it is important information, particularly, it's a hard word to say, particularly if you are struggling with medical debt or you know you're going to have some procedures coming up, please, please, please do not put off potentially life-saving procedures because you are afraid of how much it's going to cost, please don't do that. It is really tragic, tragic that people feel like they have to put off medical life-saving, life-changing medical treatments because it is cost prohibitive. And that is, I don't use the word tragic loosely. It is really shameful that this is the position that people find themselves in. And I don't mean shameful to the people who are in that position. I mean, shameful to a system that has been set up for people to fail. What a, what a lighthearted note to end this episode on, but thank you for hanging with me. I know this isn't a pleasant topic, but it's one we need to talk about because it's not going to get better if we just ignore it. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you to every single one of you who has left a review. That is how people find the show and we get to continue. We, and by we, I mean you and me, get to continue to spread this message of hope in debt freedom and getting in control of your personal finances. If you have not left a review and you would like to do so, you can swipe over the artwork on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with me. You can find me on Instagram at Lydia Sin and at frugaldebtfreelife.com backslash podcast where you can hear this and any episode you might've missed. Thanks for hanging out with me and I'll talk to you soon.